Welcome to Sheepdog Nation podcast, the only place on the internet where law enforcement and their families can come to be understood, supported, and stood up for. Here's your host, the always entertaining, down-to-earth, yet-in-your-face truth speaker and Leo herself, Autumn Schmidt. What is up, Sheepdog Nation? Welcome to another podcast of Sheepdog Nation with your host, me, Autumn Schmidt. I'm really excited to have you here today. We have... Somebody who I am extremely excited to introduce to you. Um, she is not only a female deputy, she is a sergeant uh, down in Florida. Her first name is Michelle. She runs the Instagram handle blue line underscore beauty. She is a badass. She's in shape. She's a defensive tactics instructor, and I'm super excited to have her here. Welcome, Michelle. How are you? Hi, everybody. I am also super excited to be here. Well, we are excited to have you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell Sheepdog Nation who you are, Michelle. Um, well, I have 14 years with my agency. Um, I'm out of Southwest Florida. I started in patrol. I worked patrol for about six years. I then switched over into the narcotic unit where I worked um, as a detective for five years. I then got promoted um, as a sergeant. I've been a sergeant over a little over three years now. I'm big into fitness. I preach it to my subordinates. I preach it to my agency. I also teach defensive tactics at the academy. So I, I get in there and I also preach the importance of fitness and having stamina and the strength and your mental fortitude. Um, and then just for, just for fun, I, I play some piano here and there. So that's just a little bit about, just a little bit about me. I love that. I love the piano, throwing that in. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, well, we're really excited to have you here now, narcotics, that's really cool. So you got to work narcotics. Did you have to go undercover? I did. And it was the best five years of my life. Um, I'm sure, I, I hate to say it, but I'm sure it's going to be the best five years at my agency. It was so much fun. There were days that I couldn't believe that I was getting paid to do the stuff that, that we would do. Um, as a female at the time, I was the only female in the unit. I did the undercovers that were difficult, the ones where the males wouldn't want to deal with other males. So the, the sellers wouldn't want to deal with another male. They wanted, they wanted to talk to a female um, or they were very, very sketchy or they've been arrested before. So those were the undercovers that I would typically do. Oh my goodness. Like, were you like shitting a brick? Because I think I would be. You know, the first year was tough for me because I don't lie. I'm a very honest person. Mm -hmm. So I would have to write down what I was going to say because I, I can't, I'm honest. And you would have to come up with lies. You would have to be able to lie to them when they're asking you, like, what are you doing? And do you mm -hmm. want to hang out? And, you know, you're portraying, you're basically acting. Um, mm -hmm. Each time you go on a deal for whatever it is, you're, you're basically filling a role and you're acting. So mm -hmm. for me, I'd have to write down who I was for that deal, what my name was, my age, where I lived. And I'd have to go over it because I'm not a liar. But it did get easier as I started doing more deals that it, it just, it, it was a little bit easier for me to just fill the roles that I would have to. That's cool. Now, did you, did, the, did like shit ever go south when you were undercover? It did not. Um, I was very lucky that um, I did do some pretty dangerous deals. I did go rogue a couple times where I was told you will not go into that hotel room. We don't care about the deal, but you know, it's stupid to say, but I did care about the deal and I did want to get it. So there was a couple of times where I was told not to do something and I felt okay with the situation and I went ahead and did it. Um, but nothing, nothing serious where 
I never got robbed. Um, oh, I never, I never um, got beat up or anything like that. So I was fairly lucky. Oh man. Yeah. That's awesome. So Michelle, can you tell us a little bit about like, what's it? Okay. So what was it like for you being a female in your career? It's tough. Um, believe it or not, there's still males out there that think that women shouldn't be police officers. Mm. Uh, when I was on patrol, I did obviously the female searches they would call you for. Um, if there was any kind of sexual battery uh, where the, a woman was the victim, I would always try to go to those because they do feel more comfortable talking to a woman. But there's still a lot of that uh, idea that you don't really need a female on patrol. Like it's a man's, it's a man's job. When I got into narcotics, that had changed because at this point, they did need a female. They they need you to do that deal. Um, I was really good at doing surveillance because nobody would thought, think that I would be a cop. Mm -hmm. I was good at doing the hard deals because it's easier to buy dope or to walk into pawn stores or whatever they need you to do as a female. Mm -hmm. So it changed a little bit from, you know, we don't need you on this call to we need a female. Okay. Let's, let's get with Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, as a supervisor, it's, it's very tough because being surrounded by males, uh, right now I have an all male squad, mm. everything you do or don't do gets, you know, it, it like blows out of proportion. So if a male does something and, and they don't agree with it, no big deal. But even, even just a female on patrol, if she makes a mistake or if she does something that people don't agree with. It's like, it's like the end of the world. Oh, this is why, this is why women shouldn't be cops. You know, if you watch a video and a girl gets beat up, this is why girls shouldn't be cops. So everything that you do mm-hmm. is highly scrutinized. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes it pretty tough. And like, and I'd like to expand on that. And if comment, if you'd like, but don't feel obligated, you know, I was, um, so I'm almost done. I almost finished my master's degree in criminal justice. And, I was doing this research project on on exactly this topic that we were talking about, and you know I found and in I found in research multiple peer reviewed um, articles and as well as my own experiences is like a woman we can go in there especially a cop right I could go in there and I can be short because I got a lot of shit going on just to the point I can be um, just serious. And I all of a sudden I'm pegged a bitch, right? Or if I'm if I'm um, if I'm to the point like on on the road, like I'm 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 a very to the point kind of person, and I, and I don't take a whole lot of shit just because of the nature of the beast and you know where my backup was and all that stuff. I just couldn't give I couldn't give an inch. I just couldn't. And so and I'm not that kind of person anyways. And so, but like I would be pegged a bitch, or you know I'll never forget I had a supervisor tell me I was quote unquote to Kurt. But the thing is, is <laughs> that a guy would go and do the exact same thing that I was doing. And they would say the same fucking thing. And they would be, you know, they would act the same way that I was. But yet, you know, I'm the one that's like being scrutinized. And I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> like, what is this? So I don't know. Maybe you can relate to that. I don't know. But I can tell you that I understand you know, you being under a mic, like a magnifying glass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a female in law enforcement is extremely tough. I think I read somewhere that it's 87% male 
Mm -hmm. um, male population in law enforcement. I'm not sure if that's correct, but when I read it, I said, yeah, that seems about, about right. Oh, right um, yeah. As a supervisor, I mean, I guess it bothered me more when I was on patrol um, as a supervisor. I don't care if you like me, I'm not your friend. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm there to supervise you. I'm, sh I'm there to make sure that things are done correctly. I'm there to make sure that um, you have the training that you need and that you can perform the job. And if mm -hmm. you don't like me for it, or if you think that I'm rude or uh, a jerk, uh, I don't care. Mm -hmm. uh, luckily, I have a great squad um, and they, they work very proficiently. Um, it has been tricky. I've had different people on the squads and I will say that there are still some males that don't like to take direction from a female. Mm -hmm. You could tell it when you, when you talk to them, even, even on calls. It's, it's a little bit different on calls, but I'm sure that you being a female as well, you've gone to a call and the guy won't even look at you. Mm -hmm. They'll just address the male deputy. Well, mm -hmm. And if there is no male deputy there, they'll look at the ground or they'll just kind of slip mm -hmm. it off like, well, I, I don't really need any help. Mm -hmm. And that, that's really difficult. But for me as a supervisor, I don't care if you don't like to, to take direction from a female, you're going to do it. You're going to yep. do it because I told you to do it. And that's what needs to be done. Um, like I said, luckily my squad is, is really good. Um, that was only with one person. He, uh, he's no longer on my squad and he's, he's probably going to have issues in, in law enforcement if that's his thinking, but, um, it, it hasn't been easy, but I definitely want to change it. Absolutely. And, and so like, do you have any other, is there any other females like on your, like that work with you or anything like that? I know you said you have an all male squad, but like any other females anywhere else? Yeah, there's been um, a couple female sergeants that have also been out on the road, um, but they're few and far between. When I had first got pr promoted out of 20 sergeants on the road, I was the only female. Wow. Um, and then a couple more females got promoted. So I want to say that maybe there was three or four. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where we're at right now, about three or four um, female sergeants on the road. But w when I first got promoted, it was, it was once again, just me with, um, mainly males surrounded by males, other male supervisors, but it's been like that since I got hired. So it's really nothing new. You just kind of adapt and get used to that. Mm, yep. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you for sharing all of that with us. Now I have a question. So, you know, this podcast, we're, we're, as you know, we, you and I discussed it pretty big on like dealing with stress and letting officers know like, Hey, you're not alone. So would you mind sharing with us? Like, can you tell us, or can you think of off the top of your head, what is like one of the most stressful situations that you've faced as a police officer? Um, yeah, there's a couple. I almost died twice. Um, once was by a, a drunk driver, almost hit me. He ran a red light going about 100 miles per hour. Oh my um, God. Luckily, luckily, I was going the speed limit and I happened to, I was coming up to the intersection and I just happened to look left and just caught it. And I saw the car and I went, he's, oh my God, he's not going to stop. And I was able to slam on the brakes and, and barely avoid getting creamed. He would have T-boned me right in my driver's side. Oh, um, wow. The other time somebody tried to run me over when I was throwing stop sticks. Um, I think he wound up getting 20 years. But uh, wow. for me, last year, I had a two-year-old that drowned. Um, I wound up doing CPR on him for about 10 minutes. And uh, he did wind up dying. So that was, that was really tough. And the other thing with with my agency is death notifications have to be done by either a supervisor or the detective working the case. Mm. So a lot of times, especially in, in Florida, like there's people here that, that retire and the family doesn't live here. We have to go and notify 
the family or the next of kin of a death in the family. And regardless of whether they were old or young, it's family and telling somebody that their loved one died is probably the toughest part of the job for me. Mm. Well, I just want to say thank I'm really sorry about that two-year-old. That I that that is awful. And yep, death notifications, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter who you're telling it to. That is absolutely hard. Um, like so what do you do to like manage that kind of stress? Like, you know, if you you must be giving death notifications somewhat consistently and, and managing like that really hard call that you had, you know, not too long ago. So like what do you do to like manage that kind of stress? I am big into fitness. Uh, I threw, threw myself into CrossFit uh, several years ago, and I just kind of went with it. I've always been active, but it was really the last few years that I just kept pushing myself to be even, become even better and more fit. Uh, I, I rarely drink. I know a lot of people turn to, to alcohol to, as a way to comfort themselves, but I rarely drink. So for me, I needed to find something. Plus, I don't like to go out. I don't like to go to bars or anything like that. I needed something that was beneficial. Mm-hmm. And um, I just started working out. I started working out more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started doing CrossFit. I started teaching defensive tactics at the academy. I started um, filling in the fitness portion for that, teaching them some fitness stuff. Uh, I started doing fitness videos, um, some fitness magazines. I just I started doing bodybuilding. I started competing in bodybuilding. So it gave me goals that every time that I would um, complete one goal, I'd make a new goal. And it keeps me, it keeps my head on straight. It keeps me focused. It gives me something to look forward to. So fitness has been huge for me to alleviate stress. Even if there's a day that I don't want to get up and I don't want to go to the gym, my body's hurting. I'm getting older. I'm, I'm angry. I'm just stressed out. I make myself go. And 10 out of 10 times, I'm so much happier after going and having that workout. Mm. and then the other thing I do is I play piano here and there yeah and I love that because I'm not gonna lie like yeah working out defensive tactics instructor yeah yeah I expect that but piano a piano girl I didn't uh, I didn't expect that but that's awesome music really does help if, if you have the time I would definitely recommend to to take some lessons or pick up an instrument um I always studied the piano from when I was young but um something smaller might be a little bit easier like Mm-hmm. a violin guitar something like that if you if you sing well go take lessons go join a, a course or a choir something like that to give yourself something to do and look forward to and to get better at so that you can keep pushing yourself to to learn and grow um, music is a great way to alleviate stress as well mm. you know and and I, you bring up a point and that i really want to showcase um sheep dog nation pay attention because michelle talks a lot about um goals if you just listen to her, she's all about setting goals and because that's what's keeping her motivated. It's what's keeping her mind busy and it's what's keeping her focused. And so she doesn't have time to let all that other bullshit creep in her head because she's so focused. She's like, okay, I've got fitness goals. I, I'm doing all these things. You know, she has, she does her piano, you know, she's an, a DT instructor and all these things. So that, that was really good. Thank you, Michelle, for saying that because that's something that we haven't really, we've said it, but we haven't said it like that. If you, yeah, set, you, don't, you, you don't want to get stuck in a rut. You don't want to just, you know, I get up, I go to the gym, you know, I go to work. Um, that did kind of happen to me last year. I started gaining weight. Um, I just kind of lost my motivation. So what I did was I picked a bodybuilding show 
and I registered for it. And wow. once I did that, there was no going back. I knew I had to get focused. I, it gave me something to look forward to. I went ahead, I bought myself a new suit to give myself a little bit more um, motivation and, and to just kind of give it, give it a little bit more excitement. And then I started pushing myself at the gym again. And that was the exact push that I needed because I just, you know, we're human. We're going to get stuck in ruts. We're going to not want to do something. But once I registered for that show, mm -hmm. there was no going back. So if shows, if bodybuilding's not for you, you can pick like a CrossFit competition. You can pick a weightlifting competition. Um, join a new gym so you meet new people, but always kind of pushing yourself so that you don't get stuck in that rut. So mm -hmm. I'll, I, I'm the type of personality that I I usually am never satisfied. I always have to be gearing myself towards something and learning and, and getting better. So when that happened, I took it really hard. Like, wow, why don't, why do I not want to go to the gym? Why am I losing my motivation? And I gave myself that, that competition and that got me where I needed to be. Mm, I like it. That's really good. I think that's a really good, like stress management technique. So thank you. Um, and so we talked about like what you do, like, so like, is there anything like, do you have a routine? Like when you come home, like, what do you do when you go off shift? What's your routine? So I'm kind of a weird person. My, my hours right now are 3 PM to 3 AM. Mm -hmm. I do not like to wake up and wait going to work. I, I don't like, you know, some people say they wake up at noon and they don't go to work till three. And I'm like, well, what do you, what do you do for those times? I would sit there and just look at my, my watch and be like, oh, I got to go to work. Oh, I got to go to work. You know, mm -hmm. I don't like that. So I actually wake up around 1 40, mm -hmm. get dressed, put on my uniform and go to work. And then when I come home from work, that's always when I've enjoyed my downtime. So I, even though I get home around, you know, three 30 in the morning, I don't go to bed till like five 30 mm -hmm. because I'll just come home. I'll clean the house. Sometimes I play piano. Um, you know, I'll watch some TV. I'll just kind of relax after my shift. And mm -hmm. then I go to bed. And I when, do, I, when, when do you work out? I work out on my days that I don't go to work. Um, okay. That's because my, my CrossFit gym is 35, 40, 40 minutes from my house mm -hmm. one way. So I'll drive 35, 40 minutes to the gym and I drive back. I don't have the time to do that on my 12 hour shift. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't spend an hour and a half driving, you know, an hour at the gym and then try to get ready. It's just, it's too much for me. Uh, I usually tend to overheat too. Once I work out, it's, you know, strenuous exercise. I'll be red for hours, you know, and sweaty. So I don't want to come home and then put on my uniform and go to work already. Cause I, I do live in Florida and it's super hot here. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't want to be hot, come home, throw on my uniform and then go back out in hundred degree weather. That's sunny. So I only work out on the days that I don't go to work. If I'm doing a show or if I have a competition, Mm -hmm. that's when I'll push myself and I'll start working out a little bit before, before I go to work. So I'll just, I have a little community center here. I'll just go and do something or I'll go for a quick, quick run, but nothing too strenuous. Hmm. That's cool. I'm not going to lie. So you only work out like three, four days a week. <laughs> yeah. So one week I work out Wednesday, Thursday on my days off. And then the next week I work out Monday, Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday. If I can wake up at nine o'clock in the morning, um, and then Sunday, I'll just do something on my own. But yeah, so there, I actually work out less than half the month, um, which is good and bad. It gives your body a rest. But for me, sometimes I just need more. And that's when I'll like, I'll pick the competition or I'll, I'll pick something to do. Okay, but here's the thing, okay? 
<laughs> and for anybody who follows Michelle, like you go look at her fucking Instagram and like you could never tell that you work out half the month. Like I would think that you live in the gym. <laughs> half the month. Well, for me, like for me personally, it's hard for me to get PRs. It's hard for me to get better at stuff when I'm only working out half the month. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish I was a little bit closer to the gym because I would go on my days that I go to work, but it's just, it's so far away. Um, well, well, I'm not going to lie, Michelle, you look amazing. And I'm not just saying that, like, I would have no idea. (laughs) And I think when Sheepdog Nation goes and looks at, (laughs) looks at your Instagram, they're going to go the same thing. They're going to be like, damn, (laughs) we need, whatever she's doing, we need to do. (laughs) Well, on my days off, I do spend a couple hours there. So I will, I will go there. I'll do a workout. I'll, I'll bring a meal. I'll eat something and then I'll, I'll do another workout or I'll, I'll work on something. Um, but I, I do wish that I could work out a little bit more. Um, I really enjoy CrossFit. That's what pushes me because I, I can be lazy and I need that group setting to kind of keep me going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, if I was closer, I would, but it actually, I guess for me, just kind of works out as well, just having those days off and not, and not overdoing it. So I've been lucky that I haven't been injured too badly working out. Like we, you know, I, I've got some things that hurt here and there, but I've never been badly injured that I can continue. And maybe if I was going five, six days a week, maybe that would have happened. Maybe I would have just, maybe it would have been too much. So I guess everything's just kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's good balance. Um, now have you, okay. Where have you seen your fitness greatly like, um, impact the job for you? Definitely stamina and mm-hmm. confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think that I have a good command presence when I show up on scene, um, regardless of whether they call for a supervisor or not. If there's a call near me, I'll go to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, well, actually, let me rephrase. I know that people look at you and size you up. Mm-hmm. And not just as a female, as a male too. If they're going to fight or if they're going to run, they're going to look at you and decide if that's going to be a good choice for them. Mm-hmm. So, I make sure that I look like I'm fit and I make sure that I also have the confidence that if I go to a call and somebody's being squirrely, that they know right away that I'm not going to put up with that, that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. They're not going to look at me and be like, oh, I can outrun her, which maybe they could, but they don't need to know that. They, they'll look at me and be like, wow, she's fit. She works out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then plus your, your, your attitude on top of that can make or break the whole situation. How you show up and how you look can determine whether that person's going to fight you or run from you. So I've seen it so many times where people that they show up and they look disheveled and they obviously don't care about their weight. And they show up with this attitude of, Hey, what's up? Oh, another call. And a fight breaks out or the, the, that guy runs from them. It's because of how they looked. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you show up and you have that demeanor and you have that, that, that look to you, that, they're going to think twice about whether they want to fight or whether they want to run. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And something that you touch upon that I, I love to talk about is command presence because whether you're male or female, you better get it together. And especially if you are a female because everyone, or even if you're a small male, you know, um, because everyone's looking to, you know, they're sizing you up just like Michelle said, and they're sizing everyone up anyways. But I feel like you know, if you're a little smaller or if you're a female, then, uh, then you're definitely getting sized up and that's where your command presence has got to come in. Um, you know, let your command presence be bigger than you are physically. But, um, a good way to do that is like Michelle's saying is to be in damn good shape, which is obvious. It, it, it truly makes a difference. And especially as a supervisor, when you have somebody that's pissed off, 
and they call to speak to a supervisor and you show up, the last thing you want them to do is go, that's your supervisor. Like, that's the one who gives you commands. You know, when I show up, I make sure I wear my high gloss shoes. I make sure my uniform is pressed. You know, my hair is always off my collar. And, and then I treat people with respect. So I don't want there to ever be a question of somebody going, that's your supervisor, you know, and then they don't take me seriously. I make sure that I always look presentable and that just because of the fitness on top of it, that I always look like I care about my job and I care about my well-being. And I think that that, I know that that changes how people perceive you and how they treat you. And so I want to, I want to say something, Michelle, um, sheepdog nation, especially if you're female, listen up for a second, because Michelle brings up like a fucking fantastic point. One that I have driven home multiple times, but I love that I have a female sergeant sitting here telling you this. She just got done saying that she always presses her uniform and her hair is off her collar. Do you want me to repeat that? Her hair is off her collar. Seriously, ladies, like I just, I I have so much respect for that because that's how I used to be. And unless I, unless I was wearing a winter hat, because then I would get a really bad headache, but you couldn't see my hair. And you know, it, it, it just, it's this command presence. It's this respect. It's this crisp cleanness. And the thing is, is it's going to start right now, even when you're not a supervisor, because obviously Michelle had to create a reputation for herself prior to becoming a supervisor. So I'm going to assume Michelle, like that's always how you showed up, like clean, crisp, in shape, good command presence. And then that has obviously helped you to become a supervisor. It has. Um, I always did, except for now I'm just a lot more fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I've always been fit, but now it's like, I think I'm known at my agency for doing fitness, for doing competitions, for preaching it. Um, people at my agency come up to me to ask questions about diet and ex- exercise and that type of thing. Um, but especially as a supervisor, you have to exude that yourself. You can't just preach it and then, and then be a slob. Uh, you know, I hate to say it. You have to exude that yourself. Um, as far as your hair, First of all, it's in our GOs. Um, I think that should be in everybody's um, procedures or their general orders. I've actually talked to females who it is not a rule for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I see on their Instagram that they're, they're taking all these pictures with their beautiful hair, like all curled. And, you know, that's great for Instagram, but I really hope that they're not walking in the streets like that because we all know that where the head goes, the body follows. And if somebody grabs a head, a hold of your hair, I mean, yeah, there's ways to get out of it, but you don't want somebody to grab your hair and start throwing you around from your head. Mm-hmm. So just get it, you know, you, you still look fine. Just get it off your collar and put it in a nice tight bun and proceed to work like that. Because if girls, the majority of girls, if they're going to fight you, they're going to grab your hair. Yeah, fuck yeah, they are. Yep, absolutely. You know, a guy will punch you in the face, a girl's going to grab your hair. You don't want to get scrappy with, you know, getting eat hair pulled out you know and getting scratched you want to keep your distance and not let somebody grab your hair and it shouldn't be down period mm-hmm. absolutely it's definitely a hazard but it also looks sloppy so um really good point thank you very much michelle um michelle just to um as we kind of wind down would you give us would you give us some um advice to rookies like what would you tell rookie cops if there's anything you could tell them Um, The first thing that I would tell them is to take some jujitsu classes. That would be my first uh, rule of advice that I can give them. Sheepdog Nation, is she not 
a, oh my God, is she not a girl right after my own heart, Michelle? I am <laughs> telling you, this is all that I talk about. Like, so um, all the time, all the time, every female that comes to me, every male that comes to me, what do I do? How do I prepare? Go take jujitsu, go learn how to protect yourself. And I'm just going to say this and then Michelle, I'm going to let you finish answering. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I feel very passionate about this. Sheepdog Nation, if you're looking to be in law enforcement or if you are a newer officer and you are not well-versed in protecting yourself, you are a 100% liability on the road. And I don't care because I've gone through an 18-week living academy myself. Um, Prior to that, I took a 100-hour course um, to get me prepared for the part-time academy. And I'm telling you, none of that got me ready. I'm so glad that I had my, you know, 20 plus year jujitsu background um, because like Michelle, like she said, just to circle back around and connect the dots, like that helped with my confidence and my command presence, like no other. But then I also was not a liability. And I can tell you this, I was never afraid to get into the fight. I was going in. I know what it's like to be punched. I know what it's like to see stars. I know what it's like to freaking take a punch to the nose. I know what all that's like. I know what it's like to fight for three minutes, you know, and you need to be doing that too because you don't want your first time that you're in a fight on the road because you're going to be in the black. So absolutely. Great advice, Michelle. Keep going. Yeah. And you brought up a great point. You don't want your first fight or the first time that you really get punched in the face to be while you're at work Mm -hmm. because you have to know how to fight through that. You have to know, okay, yeah, that's expected. I've done this before. I can keep going. You don't want to get punched and stand there startled going what just happened and Mm -hmm. not know what to do. You need to train your body. Yep. That's fine. And you keep pushing through. Mm -hmm. So I had started studying martial arts. Um, when I was about seven, I did, um, Taekwondo I've done hop keto, kickboxing, jujitsu, um, Kung Fu. I loved Kung Fu. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I've done it. I've done a lot. Um, am I, you know, it would be wrong for me to sit here and say, am I going to win every fist fight against a guy? Absolutely not. But I will put up a fight and I will make sure that it's not going to just be completely one-sided. I will absolutely give my best. I mean, you have to be realistic, especially in today's world. One of the things that you don't want as a female is the reputation of, oh, I don't want her on my call. Oh, she's (laughs) just going to scream on the radio. Like how many times have guys said, and guys think about it, that you've heard other guys say, oh, she's just going to scream on the radio. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I feel bad for her the first time she's in the fight because maybe she's little or maybe she's never been in the fight. That for me is probably the worst thing that somebody could say about me. Mm-hmm. And luckily from day one, nobody has said that about me because it wouldn't be true. But mm-hmm. when, I, when I've heard that about other females, I, I say to myself, thank God, thank God nobody says that about me. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how they feel about me, thank God nobody will say, I don't want her on my call because, you know, she's just going to she's just going to come here, stir the pot and then stand there and scream on the radio. Like you, you need to know how to defend yourself. So take jujitsu. Um, I would think that would be my first recommendation, boxing, kickboxing, anything to learn better self-defense, mm-hmm. anything to get on the floor and to know how to get out of holds and what to do if somebody's on top of you throwing punches down your face. Mm-hmm. Um, that is first and foremost for me, the best advice that I can give somebody. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of females con- contact me through Instagram, like, Hey, I'm in the Academy. What do you recommend? And that is the first thing I say, I say, make sure you take some self-defense classes because you don't want people are judging you from the second you're in the Academy. Mm -hmm. They're watching you throw punches. And if you've never thrown a punch and you walk up to the bag and you're doing this little wussy punch, they will start talking about you in the Academy. It will go over until you get hired. It will stay with you 
the rest of your career, like, oh, she can't do this or she can't do that. So you need to get that reputation started in the academy, which luckily for me, I had the martial arts background. So I was so excited when DT came up. Me too. It was my favorite. I, right? So I went from being, I was 20 when I was in the academy. So I went from being everybody probably thinking, God, this 20 year old, like what kind of life experience does she have? Why does she want to be a cop? To when it came down uh, time for DT, I wowed them all. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because I did martial arts and they, they saw me throwing punches. They, they saw me sparring with females, with males. And that worked out to my advantage because from then, I don't care what anybody thought. It was never, she can't defend herself. Mm-hmm. And it was never, I hope she's not my backup. Mm-hmm. So make sure you take some kind of self-defense defense classes more than what you would get in the academy. Um, you, you really got to practice it and practice it to get the muscle memory and when, when it does happen on the street, it's a little bit different than in a controlled environment. So you need to just keep practicing and be very comfortable with the movements that, that you learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, I'm going to be honest. If, no, if any other cop ever gave you any other advice, I mean, they could just stop right here because this is truly, <laughs> I mean, especially for females, but males too, you are not exempt. Man, I'm telling you. And Michelle, I know you've been here, but let me just talk about it for a minute because you're in a supervisory position. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a call with a guy who doesn't know what the hell he's doing and I've got to take care of business. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, yep. you know, you, this is embarrassing. You, you are an embarrassment. I am about to friggin' whoop this guy's ass and you're probably just going to stand there and be the one screaming on the radio. But you know what? No one's going to say anything about you because you're a male. <laughs> but I am. But anyways, you know, just guys, you're not exempt. Okay. And that is like, honestly, some of the best advice, if not the best advice, you know, any officer could give any, um, any like recruit or anybody, a rookie, or, you know, even if you're a veteran and you, you know, go, go, and, and like, let me just say this too. Even if you're a veteran cop, get your ass into the gym and go box, go train, go do something. Even if you don't do it weekly, do it a couple times a month just to stay fresh, you know, because you never know when you're going to come against, you know, the MMA champion <laughs> on the road. You know, and, you know? and to the veterans too, um, they probably notice it themselves. Times are changing. People mm-hmm. are, the world is, the world is changing. Um, it's, it's tough right now for law enforcement. So the veterans that, you know, I, maybe grew up in a different time where people respected law enforcement and would do as, as you told them to, it's changing. So now you're telling people to do something. They want to take out their phones. Everybody wants to film. Mm -hmm. People are, people are pushing cops buttons on purpose to see Mm -hmm. what they're going to do, to see how they're going to handle the situation. Mm -hmm. It, you know, and as, as veterans, as your body's getting older and, and there's these changes, you're, you're no exception. Um, if anything, you probably would realize yourself, you're, you're maybe getting a little slower, maybe putting on some weight and that's fine. That's called aging and everybody does it, but that's not an excuse not to be fit. And that's not an excuse when you get in a fight. And that's not an excuse when a rookie shows up and you're the veteran and you can't help the rookie out because you're out of shape or because you haven't done DT in 20 years. Mm -hmm. It's not an excuse. Times are changing. You need to start picking up the gear. You need to start getting yourself into the gym, getting yourself um, back into some kind of martial arts or self-defense because the rookies look up to you as well. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're there all, you know, sloppy and disheveled and have the attitude that you don't care about the job, rookies see that and they look up to you. So you need to just keep yourself, keep yourself together and keep yourself fit and always be that role model. Mm. Great advice. 
that's that's great advice um and michelle before we um before we wrap this up do you have anything else that you would want to leave sheepdog nation with not necessarily a rookie but just just to leave the sheepdog nation with do you have any other advice or anything you'd like to say yes um this job this job is hard and and as i just mentioned it's the world is changing um i guess nowadays more cops are getting killed left and right it's just every every day it seems like a police officer is getting killed somewhere in the u.s and i it's heartbreaking um also it's okay to talk about your feelings it's okay to get with other people and if you're if you're sad if you're depressed if you're experiencing something it's okay to get with somebody and talk to somebody and tell them how you feel you don't have to go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist. You don't have to go through EPA or any kind of employee program or anything like that if that's not for you. But don't feel like you can't reach out to some of your other squad members because we're all in this job together. And mm-hmm. we know how tough it is. We see the, the children that have died. We've made notifications. We've seen the car accidents of four teenagers killed. We've seen it. And it's okay to grieve and it's okay to talk to other people about what you're experiencing. And mm-hmm. who knows, you may talk to somebody and say, hey, this call's really bothering me. And they say, thank you so much for bringing that up because I'm struggling and I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And you might, you guys might help each other go along. So you never know how people are impacted. And I don't want not just men, but females as well, not to reach out to people to say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling or that call really bothered me. Um, the two-year-old that drowned with me Uh, My agency reached out to me several times. People that I worked with reached out to me several times. The chaplain reached out to me. um, And that wasn't me starting that or initiating that. That was people saying, wow, that's that's tough. And I want to make sure that she knows that I'm there for her. If you know that somebody on your squad or somebody on the department experienced something that was traumatic, it's okay to reach out to them too and say, hey, you know, I heard about the call. You want to hang out? How are you feeling? You want to go to the gym with me? You can keep it light, see Mm -hmm. if they want to talk, but just let them know that you're there for them. Mm -hmm. And if something is affecting you to talk to other people, it's okay. This is a tough job. We are not robots. Mm -hmm. We are not expected to be robots. It's okay to talk to somebody and, and to, to open up. Yep. Absolutely. And that's a lot of reason why, you know, we have sheepdog nation is because, and I was just making this point and, you know, you sound like you, you know, from what you've said and from what I know of you, you're really, you're pretty um, available um, to help uh, an officer out or just to listen or just to talk or just anything um, in your DM. That's kind of what it seems like is people will reach out to you and you at least, you know, give them a second, even, you know, you probably don't have time to like strike up these big, long conversations, but at least you can be there to support, you know, a fellow, um, you know, sheepdog, but, you know, and and that's the thing, sheepdog nation, like, I just want to say this and, you know, you may have heard me say this in prior episodes. In fact, I made an episode specifically discussing the loyalty um, of law enforcement, but I I do want to, I do want to highlight what Michelle is saying um, by letting you know that, you know, one, you're not alone. Two, you do need to talk to somebody. And three, if you don't have anybody to talk to, like there's everybody, you know, I have a Facebook group that is all about, you know, just support. And it's not, you know, we're not in there. It's not an ego trip. No one's in there, you know, doing the typical cop like meme wars and, and who's, 
got the most arrests and who's doing this and who's doing that. It is strictly a, like, it's pretty much just like a support group, but it's, it's a place to be able to talk or, you know, message me and say, Hey, I'm going through this thing. Can you post this anonymously for me? Cause I'd like to have a conversation. You know, I'd like to talk to people about it, but I don't want anyone to know that I'm going through it or whatever, you know, this is your resource. So um, thank you, Michelle, for bringing that up. And um, Michelle, I just want to thank you so much for being here. Um, I love, absolutely love, having you, um, you know, being on here, being a female, being a female supervisor um, and a defensive tactics instructor who is just like me. I love that. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you so much for being on here and, and, you know, dropping these truth bombs to Sheepdog Nation. This is, they're going to love it. Thank you, Autumn. And uh, one other thing I'll mention is that I, I answer all of my DMs on Instagram, um, even though sometimes it's a lot. And even though sometimes it has nothing to do with law enforcement and can get a little weird, I'll mention that. Yes, um, it does get I, a little weird sometimes. It does, does get a little weird sometimes. Um, I do answer all my DMs. And for this reason that, that I just said, I never know what somebody's going to say. Like a lot of it's like, you know, thanks for the fitness stuff or for some advice. Um, but I would be available. And it, it has happened where people say, I really need somebody to talk to you know, I'm struggling with this and I make sure that I answer my DMs and always um, reply. So if that's you and you need to talk to some, talk to somebody, I am available. And you know what, Michelle, that's just another reason why I love having you on the podcast. Cause you know, um, it was brought to my attention that there was some influencers on Instagram, several actually that just will not respond back to some, you know, cops who are going through a hard time and um, you know, I have an entire other podcast, like all about that, but just, you know, thank you so much for, you know, obviously not forgetting where you come from because that's what keeps us a family. And that's what the thin blue line or thick blue line is all about. So I love it. Thank you. Michelle. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. And that was another episode of ship duck nation. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and let us know by giving us a rating. If you have questions that you want answered by autumn in the podcast, submit it by going to the link in the show notes. As always, stay safe and watch your six.